red wine. Got red wine in a mask. Is it gonna dim itself? No, I I need to oh, make sure. You should let me put a shirt on. Oh, you look great. massive, man. Oh, what was your drop? Newcastle, it's the Carson Daily Show. <laughs> Newcastle <and> Daily. <laughs> Welcome to the Carson Daily Show, the crypto culture talk show nobody asked for. I am here with Kitty. Kitty is a digital artist and motion designer, visual architect, world builder, and Photoshop savant. He frequently amplifies, exaggerates, and sensationalizes archetypal thematics rooted in hip-hop and street culture zeitgeist, juxtaposed with cheeky vulnerability. I wrote this bio. This is the one I wrote, and it's so hard to read. It's So much has been revealed since then. His his idiosyncratic art style is consistently and acutely experienced through his most widely collected signature art piece, Evil. A 2,000-year-old cherub adorned in tattoos, grills, razor blades, and ski masks, among many other things that don't belong to a baby. Through his 15-year career, Kitty has worked with Atlantic Records, Def Jam, Future, Gucci Mane, Fabulous, Moneybag Yo, Chris Brown, and virtually every rapper and hip-hop icon since the turn of the millennium. Kitty has built a cult-like community and established himself as a fixture within his rebellious and sometimes ostentatious digital universe in the NFT ecosystem. I'm going to stop there. Um, he's Why? also... <laughs> we need to update that. That's <laughs> so old now. He's also my wine-drinking partner, the man I lay down with at night, most nights unless we're in an argument, and my most favorite and looking forward to podcast guest of all time. And just so everybody knows, this podcast actually started a couple of hours ago. We've been just talking and talking. I almost said going at it, but I didn't want people to take it the wrong way. We've been talking and talking all night, and we thought, okay, now is as good a time as any. Let's get the cameras and the audio rolling. So welcome to my show. Thank you. So proud of you. You Seamless. I feel like I'm on big budget show. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. How's my levels? Is that okay? Yeah, you sound great. Yeah. You sound great. Pearl, how's it going? Pearl's here. Um, all right, let's start with this. Where have you been? <laughs> this okay, okay. Seriously, <laughs> as the star of this show, that's where we start. Where have you been? Um so I don't even remember when I started having time off. I don't remember when that moment was that I just needed to just cut off, like midway through December. Well, I think that if you're asking for like when, to me, you started to cut off, like it's been a couple months that you like, yes, you've tried to like pop in and you were working on your dailies and you were sharing that. And I was helping out with Twitter, which people won't like to hear, but you know, yeah, you were posting our dailies and after that we went on holiday right before Christmas. And then you told me on a walk that you were done and you weren't coming back to Twitter and you just needed a break. Yeah. I think if we like go back even further than that, I think it was probably after the nifty drop, like last June, like mentally just feeling like, no matter what I was doing, what we were doing was just like, like stuck in the mud. Like we were making 
it felt like we were getting somewhere, but it just, it, it, I felt like we weren't. And it, it felt like no matter what we tried to do, nothing was working out. Like we, we did the merch drop. We gave away all those t-shirts. We did like, we, we tried to token gate stuff. We tried to like reward community members. And I, I, I just, I think I, I should probably just go back to like the start and like what led to everything. So I, I, how far do I go back? Like we did, let's take it from Jeevils. Like, cause I don't want to bore people. I did a, a collection called Jeevils, 8,888, 8, generative collection of my uh, character called Evil. Never really expected anything to come from it. Like I, I had a, a small amount of collectors from my previous collection, Devils, which was released in like between February and June of that year. And wanted to enable people that had been priced out to join the community, join me as like an artist on my journey, create this generative project. And I just sort of never expected it to have the level of hype that it had. So I'm coming off of that. We're having it minted out in under half an hour, like millions of views, DDoS attacks, like all these things. Like within two days, it was in the top 50 collections of all time and any NFT collection on OpenSea, Rarity Tools, all this. Just... I didn't know how to deal with that. I put out a roadmap saying what my journey as an artist was going to be, what my plans for the character was. And just within hours of the mint, people were like, when utility, when airdrop, like when are we getting Logan Paul and Jake Paul? Like when are we going to start giving all these influencers free mints? And I was just like, within 24 hours, 48 hours of my release, the project was already away from me. It was already not what I promised. And I was just trying to deal with that. So I spent the next couple of months like trying to put myself in a position where I could compete with Bored Apes or some of these other projects that were like obviously hugely successful. And it put me in rooms with certain people that I never could never have expected. And through that journey, trying to make connections and having um, sort of like business deals with people because I was just trying to forward the collection for the collectors because people were expecting something of me now. Like the thing that I promised just holding this art and then maybe one day it'll be worth something if I carry on my journey and this character, that wasn't good enough anymore. So all of a sudden I'm now in rooms with like VCs and I'm in rooms with like people, at talent agencies, I won't n name them, but they're like... UTA. Well, whatever. But it's like every time I took one of these meetings with someone, it was like, I was losing a part of my soul because they were like, okay, so you've had a collection that's grossed $40 million in a week or a month or whatever the fucking time frame was. How can we now sell your people more? And I'm like, these people have already brought something. They're expecting me to bring them value. I can't bring value if I'm now trying to extract more money from them. Like, so we did, I did the, the music mixtape thing, which... I said to you the other day, I'm just going to leak it because it's been sat on my hard drive since like November 2021. So I had that deal, but I don't want to speak badly or like I was, I appreciated the opportunity, but they wanted me to sell this mixtape for like, mint it for an ETH. I was like, this is ridiculous. I come from like the mixtape culture where you give them away. And they were like, well, there's no value in that for us. How are we going to make money from that? They didn't want to put it on Spotify. They didn't want to do all these things. So that was a deal that died. And then... I had like documentary people reaching out because they saw me do some stuff on YouTube. They wanted to follow me around. And I was like, how can I make this? How can I bring value to collectors by doing this? Like, can we do some sort of animated series? That fell on its ass. And it's like, every time I tried to do 
stuff for other people or for the collectors. I was just losing a part of myself and I was like, nothing was being done. Like literally got nothing achieved. And at the same time, my original plan of forging a, a path and like giving this character fucking wings just couldn't happen. So then your your and my relationship flourished. And like, I was so inspired by how deeply you felt about everything. And I could just see what you could bring to me and to my community and to my team. And that was when I felt like it was back on track. But to get you on side, I sort of had to cut off relationships with other people I had a prior and that just that didn't go down well so so at that point like the community that was so strong and had backed me like that split so then we're having like firefight that and like try and carry on and it just got fucking overwhelming and then you put into that the fact that there was a legal problem with the art I, you know we can't go too, too deeply into that but it was essentially fight this issue get sued or have the whole collection DMCA'd and deleted from OpenSea. And as far as like the rareables and like the actual front pages of these NFTs. So I was having to do that, pay like fucking fines or whatever. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. And then if you don't mind me going too deeply, I was actually dealing with a divorce of my wife and custody of my son. Like, so I've had this like weird 12, 18 months where I've just been trying to put out fires and, it's just like my feet are covered in piss all the time. It's like, no matter what I can do, like at one point I felt like I had people's support and then I felt like I didn't and it just completely stifled me. And it's only like, like the last couple of days that I've, I can see a, a way forward, like with doing what I want to do, carrying on the path I want to do, bringing Jeevil's people that are still here, like, I don't want to say value, but like a reason to stick around and a, a way of thanking them for supporting me. Was that? I love that. Okay. I'm trying to figure out where we go back to. So the answer to the question of like, where have you been? Oh yeah. That was the question. Okay. Like so where have I been? You've been living. Oh, so yeah, I've been, I've just been trying to, it's like as weird as it sounds, I've been trying to navigate just life, just trying to find out who I am. So uh, delete this if you want or whatever, but like no, never. the fact that, so I dropped Jeevil's, and then within two, three weeks, I was essentially like split up from my wife, like my ex-wife. Sorry, ex-wife. Wife, <laughs> Thanks. No, but I'd split up with my ex-wife and I hadn't actually been alone since I was 16, if that makes sense. So I left home at 16 and then soon, soon met her. I was like, so I'm trying to navigate life by myself. So I've got that place in Manchester and was essentially living the life of a bachelor all of a sudden I've got responsibilities from people I've never met on the internet, trying to make sure they're okay, trying to be there for my son, trying to fight this legal case. And around that time, our relationship was starting to open up and blossom. Like, so we're back and forth to LA because I want to see you and New York and everything. So it took me a while to just figure out what the fuck I was doing full stop. And then, <laughs> sorry if that's like too much of a divorce too much, but... And then from when I went off Twitter in December, it's just like, I just, it felt like no matter what I was doing was worthless. So I just needed some time alone and I fucking loved it. Absolutely loved it. Okay. Before we go there, let me ask like in, as an artist, like everybody knows, I even said it in your bio, like vulnerability is something that is like wildly explored in your work. Like it's something that is, 
done in a way that's subtle and also overtly like you were going through so many emotional hardships and personal changes and transformations that I think kind of the the obvious outlet for that would be art. But as somebody who knows you and also trying to like suspend a bit of my own like understanding and bias of the situation, you weren't really creating or you were stifled in a way creatively, like where, what caused that? Why you have all these feelings going, going through you. You have all these changes going on in your life. You have all these challenges and battles and obstacles to overcome. And you're not doing the thing that would be the comfort to you in any other kind of chapter of your life. Why is that? So it's, I feel it's like a couple of things because I felt there was a time when I was using my art to like exercise some of these demons and be vulnerable and I enjoyed it. But then I felt like there was a point where my vulnerability was like, it wasn't a strength. It was, people could see that I was actually fucking hurting and it was like, they were like people like I don't want to you know me better than it like I'm sensitive I'm fucking soft and sometimes like the trolls and shit it just got too much for me so me showing that side of myself it wasn't worth it like for myself because I was getting like you said earlier like 99 people can tell me that they love me and that they support me and that one person can just throw me off my access and it, at the time like it just wasn't worth it like because I didn't I didn't it didn't feel safe for me. Like it didn't feel like I wanted to share these things with people. So there was that. So I had time off creating entirely. And then when it came back to allowing myself to do stuff, I just felt like everything was shit. I just felt like everything I was doing was either I wasn't pleased with it or how is this adding value to Jeeves holders? Because there might be a time when I create something that I fell in love with and like I post it on Twitter or Instagram and then the comments would be, well, when are we getting this as an airdrop? And I understand like a lot of that might be tongue in cheek and jokes or whatever, but if all I am is just, like, I created one thing and now I'm everything I have, I've made from this point, I'm expected to just give away. There's no value in that. And when you're creating something and it's seen with no value, it's hard to have, it's hard to feel value in that. So where- To answer your question, I can see- Yeah, it does. I'm going to- no, you told me that I could ask the hard questions, no, go so I'm it, going go to, it. but um, where, how far back does your like need for approval go? Oh, Jesus. Well, <laughs> well, you know, like it comes, yeah, I mean, I'll answer it. I'll answer it completely. I just don't want to make you uncomfortable. But, like it, it obviously comes from childhood, like, but that's where the evil comes from. Like it's all my... Am I too far away? Yeah, a little bit. Sorry, is that better? Yeah, so it just comes from childhood and... How how open do you want me to be? Like, how... However you want. No, you tell me. However you want. Pretend we don't... Tell me up. No, gonna... Okay. Well, no, what? Pretend it's just you and me and then people might hear it or... Of course. That's how you're supposed to do a podcast. It is just you and me. You know, yeah, but I mean, again, this is like, do I want to be vulnerable? Because there was that time when mm -hmm. I've spoke a couple of times on podcasts, like openly about the relationship with my mom. And then there was that time when that guy started a Twitter account pretending to be my dead mom and just to call me a cunt. And I was like, like, 
it showed when I think about it now, like at the time it fucking stung. I was like, what the fuck is this? But looking back now, he must have been a fan. Like it must have been someone that I ever knew or someone that would just enjoyed getting a rise out of me. But they must have done their homework to realize that. So yeah, I mean, my vulnerability and my need for approval, it definitely comes from the relationship with my mother and, and father. But the, and then the thing is with that, it's like I never got a chance to repair them because they, they both died when I was like 21 and then 22 or whatever. So I have a lot of these open wounds and these scars that actually I felt the creation of evil was like helping me sort of um, heal and work on. And then, and then that sort of got taken from me. So then I've, I've just felt a bit numb to everything. But it's, I feel good now, obviously. You've helped, you've helped tremendously. Like, I'm really fond of you. <laughs> Well, I think like I've expressed this to you before, but you know, you went from what people don't know is that you had a really like beautiful, successful life on like paper. Like you worked incredibly hard. You had, you know, all the things that you kind of wanted or needed or looked at in your life and thought this is a sign of like I've done it. I've done the things that I was meant to do. But you were really isolated and alienated, both physically, like where you're from, and also emotionally being like the kind of relationships that you had in your life and lack thereof, like you said, your parents passing. And all of a sudden you had these people who were your friends, like they were your fans, they were your collectors, and they were your friends. And you were talking to people every single day and you had you know, you're waking up and your mentions are flooded. Like you went from besides like the personal things, like you were a mixtape cover artist, like you were basically forgotten about in like the, in the entire like process of, of creating hits and covers and albums and, and gold labels and platinum and all of that shit. Like Kid 8 was just that, like a name, like it was just a label. It was just kind of the top of an invoice. Like it, it wasn't really a somebody. And then you had these people who you get got to have these direct kind of lines of communication and, and build these relationships with. And that must have felt like kind of a door opening or it must have felt like an opportunity to like feel something real and build something real. Like what, you know, did you find those things to be real in the end? Like where, where did, what moment happened? Like at what point did you realize they weren't real or, you know, that you maybe were just kid eight and you were kind of in service of different people in a different way? Go for it. Well, I mean, yeah. So it was like, coming from this like 15 year career of like always being behind the scenes. Like it was literally just a kid eight logo until I joined Twitter that people didn't even know my, my eyes. Like you kind of know what it looked like, but it was so, it was like, it was like validating for me, but it also felt like I'd paid my dues. Like I'd put in like the work I'd been in the fucking trenches. So I used to say like, I, I deserved this moment and this, like my whole life had led towards this. And around the time with NFTs being so new in that like January, 2021 or what, is that right? Yeah. 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 Like December, 2020, January, 2021, everyone was so new. Everyone was really just trying to find their way through this. And there was no pressure. Like I was, I minted a couple of pieces on foundation and within that first month, I think I'm into two. 
and I'd made probably more than I would in a month of freelancing. I was like, so if I can do one a month, like I'm happy, I can just create. And I didn't think NFTs were a bubble, but I knew we were definitely at the start of something that was new and exciting and it would bring more people in. And then just being able to have the freedom and just posting shit on Twitter and people just like, ah, that's cool. Like what are you going to do next? That, that was just really nice for me. They're freeing. Like I, I used to, when I was doing uh, mixtapes or freelancing, I'd wake up at like seven in the morning, start work at eight, finish at eight at night every day, queue up emails for the next day. And for the first time ever, like I had freedom. I could wake up. What do I want to do today? Like I can just dick about and find out what it is I want to do today. And there was no pressure from anybody. And that was like a golden time. So I just felt free. And that's why I was able to like take a chance with doing devils or like, doing these weird open editions on hen that no one else had done and like selling at one point I had the highest sale on Tezos and it was like applauded but that was like because I I couldn't get anything done on ETH because it was like if it already felt like a closed off shop because of like the institutions and the people there it was like it was it was just so freeing and then I had so much support from people that I'd never actually had and I think it it didn't, it never went to my head. And I know it never went to my head because everyone used to say that I was like too, too, um, I heard someone say the other day, what was it? Um, not when, when you're being subtle, what's the word I'm thinking of? Modest. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, like a <laughs> toxic modesty or whatever. Cause I never, <laughs> I never thought that like, I never thought that my edition of 25 on Tesla was my first one would sell out mm. and then it sold out in half an hour. And then I never thought that all the G, the first Devils collection would get like any of the reserves here and then that sold out and then there's people asking for more. I've never thought that I would ever do anything with any success. And it's always, people thought I was joking. People are like, oh, he's full of it. Like I genuinely never thought. So when I did the, the Jeevils, I never actually expected it to mint out. So all of a sudden people are seeing me as like, not a success story, but like this guy knows what he's doing. And it's just like there was a graph the expectations as my sort of success rose the expectations did yeah. until it just sort of petered and then just like cliff face and then no idea what to do you do. think you never expected it because there was never a time in your life when anybody ever told you that you would be good enough to be <laughs> how good you are oh you're too much you're too much well this is one of the reasons i fell in love with you because i feel like you're the first person that's ever actually seen me like when we were very like just chatting on twitter like everybody else as would... friends yeah no it, no it, nobody was though it was completely <laughs> as friends it was completely as friends and everyone would always ask me if i did a podcast or just on the like what who is evil what does it mean and you told me like i remember you you dm me one day and you were like i just love like the duality and i love like the just everything you said was spot on and like you were the first person to ever ever do that and i like we, we might as well go into it, but I always just think you were just taking a piss out of me. <laughs> now I do that more. Yeah, but... now you do that more. I wish... <laughs> Let's go back. I think that... Um, well, I wanted to ask you, I was going to ask who your top collector is, but I guess you already answered that. Well, it is between you and 33. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming for 33. Um, I think that, you know, they're... I wanted to ask about like your old podcast days because I listened back to the first time that you were on the That's Nifty podcast and 
you were like in this really passionate state and you were like, I was doing what I was doing, meaning mixtape covers and graphic design. And you were like, I hated it. I hated covers. I hated graphic design. I hated clients. I hated. And, you know, as somebody who spends a lot of time with you, like it, it made me sad because in the same breath in that podcast, you were like, and then I found this new space and I have so much hope and I have so much. And you even called out then, this is July, 2021. You were like, I know this isn't going to last forever. I know it's not going to be like this, but as long as it's here right now, like I love this and this has given me a new lease on life. And now we're in this place where I've heard you say like, I, I hate this place. Like I hate this industry. I hate this market you know, I hate what it has done. Like what happened? Like when was the shift when you went from feeling so hopeful and optimistic to being so let down and disappointed by, you know, this industry that for in a lot of ways, honestly, it changed your life. Like, and you have a lot to thank it for, but you still have those feelings of resentment and hate and dis- disappointment from it. I think it, sorry, it, it all started with the sort of fud around the Jeebles thing. Cause like, I don't appreciate like when people are calling me a rug artist or saying that like I'd abandoned or jump ship or whatever, because my integrity is one of the things that led me to be as successful as I was in like the music industry, doing what I was. And I, I brought everything that I learned there to the table here. And then just, people making their mind up on me because of a tweet that someone said or because of just bollocks, basically. It's like, are these people really with me? Like, not. Because it felt, it just it just felt like I was a commodity and like everything that I'd created really was all about the numbers to people. So, I, and at the same time, because I believed in Jeevils and I believed in my art, like, I never jump ship. Like, yes, I might have been a bit absent, but you know, like, I've <laughs> constantly trying to figure out what we can do next. Like, having meetings with devs about a staking contract 18 months ago or a year ago, like, this 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 idea that we had that was, we thought would have been revolutionary and then getting a quote with 250 grand to build it. And then when we had the idea of, like, the marketplace, like, the same stories, like, we've constantly had these ideas and it's just... We either have these ideas and we can't bring them to market because it just doesn't make sense. So there's there's that strand of it. And then there's the other strand where I'm seeing like my peers and my contemporaries or not even that, just people in the scene doing cash grab after cash grab after cash grab and being able to, being able to move on. Like the guy that did Azuki's, like how many projects did he do in Rug before he's allowed the grace to do what it is now? And like, even like, I don't want to like come after people, but at this point I don't actually fucking care because nothing in my life will change. Like if I get cancelled from NFTs, big fucking wow. You when have I, been. Well, yeah, but, but like, so I did two weeks working with Artifact um, before clones, before I did Devils. Like that would, they wanted me to be their like in-house uh, general, 3D generalist. And I did their NFT for the LA Dodgers and the Super Bowl. Like never got paid for that. I did one of their ones for, uh, that was on Super Rare. Like never got paid for that. And I was just like, then they drop clones and they do this fucking... <laughs> they do this Dutch auction at like free for whatever. And I'm like, this is fucking insane. Like this is the biggest cash grab I've ever seen. And then 
a couple of days later or around the same time, they signed with Nike or they made, they, sorry, they made the, the signing with Nike like public. Like people knew at Miami Basel. Like, cause I was at Basel and I was told that before clones. And I was like, all this shit's going on behind the scenes. This, if we're all here for like this web free utopia and it's like a new normal and we're trying to build new standards, like this shit's not going to fly. They signed with a web two brand, which, oh no, well, an old brand or whatever web two, however you want to look at it. It's like, Web3 is not going to like this because we're all about decentralization. We're all about building these new brands within this like this realm that we're in. And all of a sudden, it's like the hottest shit in the world. Like I, I, I just the, the the hypocrisy within the space. And then like, like I don't I don't fuck it. I'll say it because it, fuck it. Like you got people like Fuck Render that just drop project generative project after generative project. Like not giving away. Like even if he's like airdropping, it's like you still got to pay for it. Nothing. Like but. <laughs> If I go and try and mint a one of one on Super Rare, people call me a fucking cash grabber. It's like, I literally can't move because either people know that they can say shit to me and it's going to bite me up and I'm going to fuck off or other people are getting it and they just don't care. But it's like the hypocrisy within the space fucking pissed me off. Like when we did the, the evil toy, we put the NFC chips in all the boxes. Like I did all that myself. And then like what, two months later, Izuki bringing out a skateboard with an NFC chip in it and they sell for millions. What the fuck is going on here? Like it, it's just so skewed and like it really is this web free dream we all had of like being independent and like having new like um not not new new idols but like new thought leaders and all that it's, it's bollocks the, the web 2 the vc world have come in they pump these projects they they get behind these projects they sign to these talent agencies and you are your thoughts are swayed like look at everything that's going on with board apes like people were buying people thought justin bieber bought his eight for three million or whatever someone did a, a wallet check and it's like Moonpay paid for it and like all these other like the class action suit against all these rappers that were saying they brought because this is funny actually because i was obviously i come from like that world around the time of jeevil's minting i had all my old clients run dms like saying send me one i was like they the floor is what it is. If you want one, join. Like, that's just how we're going to get stronger. Well, no, I got sent this. I said, I don't give a fuck, man. Like, we've done this. I've I've done years of, like, pitching for labels. I've pitched for you. Like, I remember Rich the Kid used to, when you do, if you put this video out, don't tag him. because <laughs> But, like, constantly trying to get free covers from me. And then all of a sudden, like, I've made a way on my own. He's trying to get free Jeevils from me. Like, all these people were just constantly wanting free shit. But how the fuck can I give free shit to someone who's a fucking influencer or a celebrity when I've got hardworking people that have gone out and bought my art. Like, so I, I sort of just couldn't deal with the, the hypocrisy and the, just, it, it's not what I signed up for. I want to talk about that for. more because as like your partner and as somebody who is like connected to the work that you've done and as somebody who is also active in the Jeevils community, a lot of people, like a lot of your collectors, people that I'm friends with, that's kind of like their number one thing of of saying to me is like Kid 8 and I know it comes from a place of good it's like Kid 8 has so many connections in the music space like he should hit these people up I want to see like him reignite these and blah, blah blah and I don't think they realize or they understand what that like working relationship was and like where yes you know these people yes you have these connections but what it means for them as collectors in the ways that you protect them and you protect their investments that they've made when you decide intentionally not to 
send Jeevils to these rappers' wallets for pre free promo or when you decide not to go out to them and ask them for partnerships and collaborations. And I think nobody's asked you this and it is worth talking about like why why would it not make sense or what like why would it not bring value to the collection like why do you refrain from like bringing Jeevils to these people that you had prior partnerships with or that you have prior connections with like your music industry network your music industry network and like what and why not explore that further? Like why not take the mixtape further? Why not do all those things? Like explain just a little bit about your experience in the music industry and the mixtape industry and why it's not beneficial for the collection. So or for you. So if if you're a famous person or a rapper and you're getting free shit given to you every single day, what is one fucking NFT gonna do? Are you gonna jump on Twitter and post it? And then and then they do. And then what? Because there were there were plenty of rappers that got them. Like when in the NFC boom, there were rappers that got them and posted them on Twitter. And then what? Like <laughs> most of the time, every every rapper that brought one in the end that actually brought one, I'd get a DM saying, Right, and I can you do my album cover for me now? Can you do can you do something for me now? So I'm having to do they they want they want something for free, and then they want me to do something for them for free, because it's exposure for me. And then the collectors are sat there thinking, well, that's done nothing for me. That's just made Kid 8 look big. Or like, it's, it really doesn't do anything. Like that video of DJ Khaled buying an ape on a boat. What did that do really? What did that do for anybody? Did that bring value to Bored Apes? No, what brought value to Bored Apes was everything going on behind the scenes. The, the, the manipulation. Like I released Jeevils because I wanted it to be an entry point, the lowest entry point possible for people to collect my art, come on this journey with me. It'll be worth, it might be worth something when one, day, one day, it might not. At no point was the plan to just serve celebrities. Mm -hmm. I remember the, 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 the day after people are in the Discord saying, you need someone to Jake Paul, you need someone to fucking the other Paul, whatever the, the cunt's name is. And now you go on YouTube and it's CoffeeZilla exposing him for being an NFT fraudster or whatever. Like, how would that have looked on the brand? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I just think because I've, I had like good intentions and a long-term mind frame that I didn't want to just keep doing shit. And then the times when I have sort of bent the knee and tried to like follow trends and did the free airdrop, like it was met with nothing like what's so what are we doing here like it should get to the point where holding a evil is enough like that is that is what that is the art that's it i'm gonna carry on doing that and we are we going into our plan now or maybe not go into whatever you want well no we'll just, well. but it's not fleshed out for you now but <laughs> that's true you yeah. can you can talk about it though you can no because we're still putting it together but for the first time in a long time i'm excited about doing something and it feels right and it will reward Jeevil's holders that are still here. Like the thing is, Jeevil's, like I said, 18 months ago, how many people that minted or even bought on the secondary are still here? Like, okay, well, if we're not going to go into this plan, let's talk. Let's get off Jeevil slightly because I feel like, okay, let's I'm, talk. My, my energy's like, I, I'm in a good, I'm in a really good mood. Like, I don't want people to think, oh, he's just banging on about. Jeevil. I know, I know. Okay. Well, let's, I think like last thing that we should say about this is, because there's this new plan coming up because you're energized 
people are probably like going to want to know, like, let, let's talk about accountability. Like, let's talk about some of the times that you have made, like, for lack of a better word, a promise and not fulfilled on it. Or the times when you have had even a plan and not followed through with it. Like, I think a lot of people will easily just kind of, you know, diminish that and say like, oh my God, he fucked it or whatever. But like, there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes. Like, do you want to talk about any of those, like any of the roadmaps or any of the ideas or, or things that you had put forward and spoke on publicly that then didn't come to fruition and, and just discuss accountability? Yeah. I think I'm glad you asked that actually, because I have to hold my hands up and like that, I have fucked up. Like there's been times when I have absolutely fucked up and I don't want to say it's because of this, because of, like, I hold my hands up, but like, I've done, I, sh I, I think because my eager to please people has put me in a situation or made me made decisions or do things that I never believed in, in the first place, but I thought it's what people wanted. And I don't want to that sound like he's not taking accountability, like gaslighting myself or whatever the fuck, but <laughs> like there's things that I promised to do that my heart was never in. And I think I should have just had the bollocks to just, no, like not promise in the first place. Like I don't, like that, the original roadmap of Jeevils on the website was uh, create the toy, which it's up there, you probably can't see, you it. see it. Put it in the other room. People have seen it in my other shows. Yeah, create the toy, like massive achievement for me. Like that was- Childhood dream. Childhood dream, so fucking proud of that. But looking back now, I only had about 10 days off, like 10 or 11 days off and that, came back to like, oh, he's, uh, he should have killed himself. So head down, try to carry on. What you're not saying is that you, and not to scapegoat or whatever, but you were pressured into making promises or publicly sharing plans that you had no interest in in doing because you didn't believe in them yeah. as being value adds to the community. I just wanted what I created to be a success. And it, I, I was like trying and willing to do everything for that to happen. And the more I tried and the more deep I went in, it was like, I was just losing. I was just losing on every front. Okay. Well, from where I'm sitting, like, and this is something that we've talked about. I'm so pessimistic as well. I was trying to come in here all bubbly, like, <laughs> hi guys. I'm well, but for, from where I'm sitting and we've had this conversation before, like you have an extremely high standard for success for yourself. This, the, what you consider success from other people is nowhere near the level of expectation that you have for success for yourself. I can have a Carson Daly show episode come out that is 10 minutes long that we listen to in the car together. And we very well, very well might be the only two people in the world that have listened. And that to you is like, I can't believe you did it. I'm well, you can, but I'm so proud. That's so successful. You're so awesome. But for you, you can have a merch drop that, does amazingly well for a first drop that has free claims that makes everybody happy. The discord for the first time is, is blowing up. People are excited. Sentiment is high. You can have a nifty drop where the maximum number of tokens are, are burned and redeemed and open editions like sell crazy, awesome, beyond expectations. Like, but your 
your standard of success for yourself where you will say, yeah, I did a good job is so far out of reach. And I just don't, I think like it is worth you kind of telling people like why, especially like the people who are cheering you on and who who keep showing up to cheer you on. Like where, at what point is what you've done good enough for the community, for the collection and for yourself? Easy one then. Nice, easy question. Um, fuck, babe, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's, it, I think anything other than the best or greatest shit, but that's, that's, everybody feels like that. Like you can watch a, a sports game, like the best player can be having an off day and everyone's like, they're, they're, they're done, they're done, they've wasted their wank. And it's like, you're only, when I, I think when I came into NFTs, like you were only as good as your last drop. So let's say you sold a piece for 20 ETH and then the next one's down to 10. It's like, well, he's de that's dead now. Like, like there's no value in this person. They, they fell off. And I just feel like, I don't know where the I don't know where the, the bar is. It's very hard for me to see where the bar is at the moment. Well, I think you have to set your own bar. Like you kind of and I've even heard you say like, you know, you've looked back at work and pieces that you've done and been like, I hate that. But you know, I've been in the room with you when you finished and you've been like, This is fucking awesome. Yeah. And it makes me think that somewhere along the way, somewhere between the time that you finished that piece and you push back dramatically on your computer chair and you put your hands above your head and you do your nod like, yeah, this is it. Like, I'm super happy about this to you waking up one day and being like, I hate this. I hate looking at it. Something happens between that time and you kind of resign yourself to not having met that standard like you're constantly changing and the bar and you're constantly moving the goalpost for yourself like as an artist I think that you know you won't be as appreciated as you deserve until after you're dead not that that's an invitation <laughs> to, <laughs> to end it all but you know the most important thing you can do for yourself is just be comfortable and be happy and satisfied. But I also know that as an artist, if you do that, you know, where are you, are you really an artist? Like if you ever can, if oh, you yeah. are satisfied, like for you, like what, like what will it take? Like what will, will it ever happen? Like, will you ever live to see the day when you're like, I'm, I'm a success. Like this is a success story and everything in my life has been worth it. Jesus. Um, I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. Like, but this is, so the, the like me referring to myself as an artist, you know, like I only allowed myself to call myself that when I entered NFTs before that I was always a graphic designer. And when you're a graphic designer, you're creating for other people. You're creating for a client or whatever. Just you're creating for other people now, by the way. But yeah, but no, just an artist. Poo, no, poo, poo, poo. no, but this is the thing. So an artist should always create for self and or only for self. And then if other people want to buy it or pe other people want to enjoy it, other people want to hate it, they're welcome to. But that's where I sort of the line 
is completely blurred because am I an artist? Am I a project lead? Did I create a generative project? Like, I don't think any artist is ever. So I just want to interrupt and say that now I have some insight to you because you, when you decide to create for yourself, which is something that we've been talking about for months now, will be when you are back to being an artist. But for the last 18 months since GVOLs have dropped, you have been a graphic designer again. And I think you have to, you're the only person who can walk through that door and cross that threshold and say, I'm, I'm leaving this behind. I'm not a graphic designer anymore. And I'm, I'm going to wake up and be an artist today. <laughs> Did you see that little look he just gave me? <laughs> but that's it. like, this is the thing I keep struggling with, Cass, because it's like, there's a fine line because at the moment, so much of what I'm trying to create is tied up in this character. So I've, it's like the other day, you know, I was like sat there for like two days just trying to work on stuff. And I did a, an evil piece and I was happy with it. And then I was like, right, I'm going to do a piece for me now. And I just couldn't. Like everything I was creating, if I felt this is baseless, this is shit. And the whole time, like, I felt, <laughs> it sounds so stupid, but I felt like I was sort of cheating on him because if I stop creating with this character, he sort of dies. Like he has, his life can't go on and that ties back into like the IP thing because I was so staunch about keeping it. And I said earlier, I'm going to say right now, like the fact that we had these four foot sculptures made and they're around the house, I can't escape him. And when I look at him, I just see the generative collection and the weight that that holds and the fact that I am, I, ha, I don't want people to get bored of me repeating, but I feel like I have so much integrity and I had every right intention behind doing it. I'm not just going to leave it behind. And I can't carry on creating using evil without trying to bring the Jeevils and Devils collectors some sort of something to hold on to because otherwise what's, what's the point in them holding on to them? Especially with the way the market is. Like, why are people still buying them? Why are people still supporting me? If I just get up and say, right, I'm sort of done with evil now, guys. I'm going on my, my own journey. Like I say, I'm sure people would be happy for me and support me, but I think a lot of them would also be like, he's kind of like left his baby, left his, like killed his son or whatever. What do you, no, what do you think your, what do you think is the most favorite piece of yours that you've ever created publicly? What do you think? You know the answer to this. It's my podcast, so I can ask what I want. <laughs> well, well, the validation piece. Okay, and is evil in that piece? Yeah, but it, that that piece wasn't about evil. Like, but I think I'm asking this because I'm trying to point yeah, no out one else the cares holes. About that piece. Like, sorry to cut you off. That I gave that <laughs> no, piece to you because that piece was about you. But nobody, they thought that, but nobody knew that. But that still, you have said to me, like, I think this is what people think is the best piece that I've ever done. So I think that's my way of pointing out to you that like there is a there is a hole in your like reasoning here and you're the only one who feels like you're cheating on evil. And I also think that like what I want to ask in like a really heady and like weird way is like as the creator of this character, like, have you ever thought of, like, what 
he thinks. Because as somebody who in, you know, my own world, like, feels like I know this character, I think that he is a character who, like, would very likely flourish on some opportunity to have independence and to be kind of free from, you know, free to perform and free to live and free to act the way that he's going to. Like, do you think that there's any possibility that evil could feel bogged down and manipulated and used (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, sad by the fact that he, you have let him become a commodity and you've, you, you're using him in that way to appease and satisfy your community. Drops mic. <laughs> I don't know, baby. You just, yeah, it was so heady. You just floored me. It's so sad. No, so it I, makes d- me so yeah, sad. No, it makes me so, you know, so It's we might so well, emotional. Like, we'll, we'll like I the, could we'll, cry. We'll pull the like fourth wall back or whatever. Or, <laughs> like there's been times, you know, when I've said to you, like, I'm just going to kill him. Like, I'm just going to kill him because I, he is such a weight over me. But to answer your question, yeah, I, this is the thing. It's so fucking convoluted. I should probably talk to someone about it if I could afford to explain everything that's gone on around it. But if somebody had the time. If someone had the time, yeah. <laughs> but like when I created him and when it was like I was channeling something. And that, you know me, I'm not like hippy dippy. I don't really talk like that. But I really felt like I was channeling something. And like, then it got to a point where I felt like he he was the one that fucking took me out of obscurity and away from mixtapes and this life and made me sort of love myself a bit. So I feel there's times in our relationships when he would fucking love me. And then I think there's times in our relationship when he would absolutely hate me and take the piss and not want to be around me. But it, it, he he is literally a guardian angel. Like they don't give up on the subject. Sounds like some other two other men that I know. Who you and Frank? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, but see, when you're saying that, I thought you, that was your way of saying let's just give up the IP to our holders and they can no. have their own, do their own thing with it. But yeah, baby, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, do you want to like? Do you want me to lighten it? No, up? no, I really enjoyed that question. I'm just trying to think, but I, I don't want to keep repeating myself. But, like, he has, what, what but you the, know, like he 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 has become such a part of our life. Definitely, like he literally has. Well, become I such think a part that is another thing I want to point out is you say like, oh, to have these artifacts around us, to have the sculptures, to have like we're just for people who don't people will not know this. So I'll just tell people that like. For the first time in your life, like your art is framed around our house. Like it started by eight by 10 prints and now they're fucking massive. What is the biggest size A0 you can get? Like now we have like, we are just starting to like print your artwork. Like you've not been, you've not allowed your work to be around you. And yet you sold a physical item that you've created that people sought after like my I'm in the middle of like I look around and these are accomplishments the same way that super plastic toys are around our house and that you look at them and think this is awesome but like you see these things as like reminders of almost like your failure 
and like your shortcomings and where you've let people down. But other people are like seeking these things as like, this is awesome. Like I, I love this. Like I want this to be a fixture in my home and I want this to be around me all the time. I want to have a tangible representation of my support of this person. Like there is, there is like a very different juxtaposition and dichotomy and all of that between like how you feel about yourself and your work and how other people feel about you and your work. And I know that comes with the territory, but you know, in at some point, I think those people are going to get more and you're going to get more when you can start to see yourself through the lens that they see you. Love you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I know you're right. I know you're right. Even Pearl's crying. I know. She wants food, though. I, I know you're right, but I, for me, I think a lot of it has to do with timing. Like, I just don't feel... Coming from a position where I felt like we, I was rushing shit and not achieving shit, like, the way the market is at the moment since, like, all the crypto crashes and just NFTs being down 98% or whatever, I feel like I've got time to plan out what the next move is. And I really feel like my next move has to be my best move. Like, I don't think I'm going to be allowed many more chances by even the most diehard collectors. I don't think that it does. Like, I think that... Okay, no. I think people... No, 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 no. Let me cut you off. Let me It's my show. It's my show. No, go on. No, no, let me I think that, if I'm being honest, like, people... You just have to make a move. Like, people just are ready for a move from you. Like, there, no matter what you do, like, there's going to be naysayers. There's going to be people who are pissed off, who are agitated, who want to besmirch you. Like, but there are far more people who just want whatever it is that you are, you want to and that you are ready to give them. So it doesn't, you're the only person putting pressure on yourself to like in your first couple of years as truly coming out as an artist of saying like, I have to do the greatest thing that I was ever meant to do. Like you just turned 28, no, 34. <laughs> like you, there's absolutely no pressure on you in all, and you shouldn't be doing the thing that you think is like, imagine you, if you do your best work right now, like what the fuck are we supposed to do for the rest of our lives together? Just be happy and have loads of sex and drink loads of wine. <laughs> no, so... Yeah, you're gonna have to cut this dead air out, but it's nah. But this is the thing, so I'm I'm sort of glad we've come to this point because it's segue to what I want to say before you cut me off so rudely. <laughs> like, I I I don't want to. I, I know I'm sounding just negative. I'm just like a couple of. Well, I'm you are a, negative. I'm for letting a couple who don't of turds spoil the fucking soup, <laughs> or whatever the expression is. But like, just when everybody was like on nifty like the very early days of Nifty and everyone was making money hand over fist. Like I wasn't there for that. I did Jeevils. And then before I did Jeevils, I agreed to do this um, 
part of the Planet X show or around the, around then. Um, and just, I did an edition of eight or something like agreed to do this and had no idea where I was going to go. I was getting called a cash grabber off that. So now everyone's doing like open editions and the trend is open editions. If I've been silent for months and then I just come out, come off rip and do an open edition, that I look ridiculous. Like, oh, he comes up when there's money. Like when there's a bear market, he's nowhere to be seen. Now there's money. So I'm going to do an open edition, but I'm going to make sure that it's like no one else's mechanics or no one else's um, others because that, that's important for me because the reality is, I, I've always been frugal, I've always saved, I've always been wise. Like, we're literally living in the house I brought off mixtapes. I have the car I bought off mixtapes. Like, my life hasn't changed apart from... Your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> this one. <laughs> I, I don't think she watched this. I don't think she'd listen to us. She can't stand us. I was wise with my youth. I was wise with my investments. I've been... Okay, so... I've, the reality is like I, I could disappear like it'd be hard because you're still staunch and on the scene like you're sorry no 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 but like we've <laughs> before you had this podcast like we, we might as well have been completely open like before we had this podcast and when we were living in Manchester and it felt like no matter what we we're doing nothing was going our way we, we could have quite easily have deleted all social medias and just sailed off into the sunset that was an option I mean, I remember for a long time, I was like, please, babe, can we, can we please do this? But <laughs> Thank you, Matt and Neil. <laughs> no, but like you're, you've always, always leveled me and always keep me here. And I know this is like your last task is to just get me over this last hump to be the man that you fell in love with and that person and like try and carry on that. And I'm, I'm trying, babe. <laughs> Let me, no. Wait, I want to ask you something like, okay, there's a lot of people who like look, really look up to you and who are really awesome and, and who are there for you? Like, in the way that you kind of resign yourself to be like, I don't want to be seen as a cash grabber. I don't want to be seen as seen as like a scam artist or a rug artist. Like, what would you do if like somebody like who really looks up to you, who really like considers you a friend and an icon and idol? Like, if somebody like Mike Grill came to you and was like, "Here is this amazing opportunity," like I. I am creating art and I'm creating work and I'm working my ass off and I'm here. Like, would you tell him not to do an open? Would you tell him that he doesn't deserve to make money? Would you tell him that he like, honestly, like I'm trying to think of like, here's like a, here's somebody who's like a, like a, like a kid eight 2.0, like somebody who is so awesome and amazing, as awesome and amazing as you. You're more awesome and amazing. Sorry, Mike, because Thank I you. love you. But like, I'm just trying not, sorry, Mike, to like put you in the spotlight when it's he listens. Because he's always to, talks about you. <laughs> when, I, when he listens to this, but like. Mike Grill made it. <laughs> when he, when, if he came to you and like came to it, like came to you for advice, would you be telling him like, Oh no, bro! No, bro! Somebody might call you cash grabber. Like, why is this well, no, the advice so... that's good enough for? You? Why if if it is good enough for them, and if it is fair enough, and if the opportunity is fruitful enough for them, why is it not good enough for you? Well, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't say that to him. No, but I think just because the stigma of having a generative collection hanging over me, I made mint money like i did quite well off that in on the, in the scheme of things people 
the I just feel like the the, the overall consensus is you you get to do that once. Don't keep fucking taking a piss. No, if you're fuck you're render, fuck render or <laughs> Zagabond or whatever his fucking name is or like Cult Theorem or all these other cunts. Like, I'm not being funny. Like I I respected these people. I respected fuck render very early on, but I've seen I ju I just feel like there are people that are coming and just taking the fucking piss and they're not actually no they're probably not taking a piss. You know what? I'm just jealous of them because I feel like they get to get away with it and I don't or they get to do it and it doesn't affect them the way it does me because I'm just too sensitive for all this shit. But, but like, don't get me wrong, like someone like Mike Grill or someone that's like always been a one-of-one -one artist or a small edition artist sees this opportunity by all means. If someone like Shaka Blood comes out and does an open edition after I told him not to do a generative because it would literally, it's a death sentence. If he comes out and does one, then yes, he's a cash grabber. Like in my head, he's a cash grabber. And there are other people that are aligned like that that, are also cash grabbers, like in my opinion. That that's the way I see it. So if I can think that about someone else, my the back of my head, I'm thinking they think that about me. Like there's been, you know, you know for a fact there's been times when I've had a conversation with you and I've said, let's have an amnesty, let's buy back all the G-Vols at mint price from everyone that's held them, because I don't want this weight above my head anymore. Like it's crippling. I can't move forward. This isn't who I am. And the thought that even one or two people think of it, think of me like this is is just too much for me. But then at the same time, I have to remember that I set the min price to point one. I never set any secondary sales. If anybody, like the week that Devils, sorry, the week that Devils minted when I did the whitelist for the Devils holders and some of the people were buying Devils for 30, 40, 50 ETH or so, I was like, this is completely degenerate because these things sold the first time for point two in auctions. Like ones that were selling for point two, I think one sold for 50 ETH. And I never heard from the collector. Cheers. Like, nice one. Like, I appreciate you, brother. <laughs> like, these people are quiet. There's Because there's people that have made a lot of money off the back of my art. Like, there has been people that have made thousands off of my art. Like, tens of thousands, if not more. And these people have been very quiet. And I, it's part of the game. Like, they don't owe me anything. I don't owe them anything. But I think because I have been so invested, my, my idea of what's fair and what's right is different from a lot of other people. Yeah. So we'll just do an open edition now and then maybe I should just do it actually. I'll do an open edition and then when there's fallout, you can answer everybody. <laughs> Perfect. And I can tell you I told I you do. for a change. <laughs> nah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I don't I usually pick up the fallout anyways. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about like cause okay, so I already brought up like Mike Grill, but I think like you should take a moment to like acknowledge some of the people in your community who like, I know that you've been like out of it for a little bit, but there are definitely people who I think would appreciate like getting a shout out from me. Like who are the people that you feel like are really like supporters of you, whether they have a big bag or not, like they've just been showing up or people who are your friends. Like, okay. Yeah. So I mean, there's, there are people that are completely like been there from day one, never wanted anything from me. Like just always been the nicest people. And I feel so much guilt because it, you've got Mecha Yo-Yo, you've got Heavy Sugar, you've got Rags, you've got like this list. If this was six months ago, this list would have been longer though. Like that's what's upsetting to me. So it's, I don't want this to come wrong, long, come across the wrong way, but it's like going back to that question you asked me earlier about having friends. Like I genuinely saw my early collectors as friends. Like, and I made friendship relationships. Like, I met up with some of them in real life. Like, we did 
we had like this fun time in the like the what do I call it? The summer of love, like the 69 NFT 69 it's summer of love. And people that like I would message for advice, like before I even did Jeevils, like these in the Discord, we had a vote, like Devils holders, shall we do a generative? Like how would how does this affect all of you? Because it was always important to me because I saw them and respected them. And without them, I wouldn't have had the platform. And one by one, they've all sort of disappeared. And I get it. The space moves quick. Other collections come. And it's... It, I sort of... I It sounds fucking stupid, but I have to stop my... I have to stop myself from getting too close to people, like collectors now, because as much as I feel we connected and I love them, like... like Oh, fuck it, I might as well say, like, doing the collect the, the Jeevil's collection with Milo, like, this is someone that met through NFTs very early on um, and instantly connected with this person. Like, and you know yourself, like, my life is very secluded, very shut off. I don't have a great amount of friends. I keep myself to myself. And then here's this guy that I met who was, like, my, my younger brother, like, my twin. Like, we got on so well. We had so much fun. And I loved and respected this guy. And then all of a sudden it's gone. And I, I don't, I can't even remember the point. And it's got to a point now where we, whatever went wrong, we can't even rekindle. And that fucking hurts. Like that really hurts. Someone that I let in and like brought on and like tried to help. And he helped me and I helped him. And it's like, that's all gone now. So I've actually, I'd say as many friends as I've made in NFTs and on this journey, I've lost. So it's very hard for me. This, you're probably just unpacking me now, but this probably goes back to like, my mom and dad, like the fact that if I if I tend to love someone or let someone in, like they just tend to leave me or like I it just fucking dies or it never ends well. So a part of me has to be reserved because I just can't deal with the hurt. Like I know that sounds really stupid, or whatever. But like you're the you're the closest person to me in this whole world. Like you're my best friend. You're my everything. Like and it took a lot for us to get here just trust one another and be gentle and kind with one another and it's like you've i could probably blame you actually because you feel you've ticked so many holes that i don't really need to let anyone else in at this point and obviously don't take that wrong i respect all my collectors i i cherish them all like I've, when you tell me what they're saying it's like it fills me with joy it's like it gives me a rocket in my back to keep trying but i can't return until it's right i can't keep like half arsing it or like getting things half wrong because if it was me, I think if I was in a lot of my collectors' positions, I, I might not be so favourable. So I can't keep asking for grace from them when I wouldn't do it for them, maybe. Love that answer. In the theme of, like, friendship and on that topic, like, what, besides, you know, what you just shared about Milo, like, what is the hardest memory to reflect on that made you realise a lot of these people saw you as um, you know, an investment or as a financial opportunity instead of as a person and as an artist? I think um, it was just the, I don't even say like break down a relationship, like whatever happened with Fishy. Well, do you want to tell that story? Because we were in London during our well, engagement yeah, so, weekend. Well, yeah, it was. It was, was our engagement. It was, engage it was the, day? it was the day after we were engaged. Yeah. The, when that we haven't told anyone yet. Dis out the back. Oh, uh, people know <laughs> when that um, unraveled, and just like what that ended up like, 
all the way to like how that started, which is like that my entire mood changed mm. and to the point where like I was kind of off like I, in a different mental state and projecting yeah. in a way that was like you were like what is happening like do you just want to tell that story well i don't know where to start but i remember that that weekend was like that was really hard for, i think for us that that whenever that well not that weekend obviously but that that night so fishy was like a collector of mine from the first ever devils collection uh, which was like the handmade uh, evils I was doing on Rareable like 50 at a time and I remember because it's like it was funny because he was almost like this elusive character at the time because I I created these these fi- are you alright baby you're busy no. are you reading <laughs> I created these um, 50 handmade evils like when it, and it's funny because I called it the the profile picture project nobody asked for and then that's the tagline of your podcast but so I, I teased these not related by the way <laughs> so timeline let's say I want to say like March April March, April 2021 mm-hmm. or whatever. I put out three teasers and it was just, it was meant to be a joke. It was like my evil character as a profile picture. Like what would he look like? It was two weeks after Bored Apes had minted and I saw Bored Apes all over the timeline. I was like, these are, these are fucking dead. I hate these things so much. Like I'm going to take the piss with this character that I was sort of doing these little scenes with and joking around. And then off this, these three I put up as a teasers, like people were like, is this going to be a collection? Like this is a profile picture. I was like, well, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Made 50 within two weeks, set up a Discord, never done a Discord before, like had no idea what the fuck I was doing. And um, people all of a sudden were excited, did the, the auctions on a Friday night for 24 hours. And then on the first night, like one guy, one guy put, a, he set up the reserve on nearly every single one at point one. And we're all in the Discord freaking out, like, who the fuck's this guy? Who's this guy fishy? And then someone on Twitter found him, he came in the Discord and he was just like, just love your art man it just resonates with me like it reminds me of when i was a kid like going out tagging skating noise i was like i was like fuck man like, what's going on here this is insane that this guy's dropped all these bids on these pieces and from there just like we just had like a, re- a friendly relationship every time i did devils he'd big dick it like go to auction walls with people like win like he was like the hero we used to call him about like, the pranksy of um of devils because he, <laughs> he had so many and then that. like so we was buying him at like point two and then same day same week he'd like flipping for point four and all this and he but we thought he was a hero like he, he had his shit together he knew exactly what he was doing and, like, i was in awe of the guy and we spoke a couple of times and then around before jeevils i said to him like what's like this is the plan like everybody signed off on it he had so many devils that when i did my devil my jeevils whitelist i think was it 20 everyone that owned a devil got to mint five for free mm-hmm. and then they got whitelist for 20 because at the time that was that was okay like pranksy minted 1200 apes no no fud like good on him yeah. fucking legend i i maxed mine at 20 and then apparently i fucked the whole thing but, but he had so many that he like set up different wallets and he must have had like over 100 jeevils at one point and then it was cool i did my first nifty drop i think he like went big dick that brought one of all the um all the ranked auctions and everyone was great with talk uh, when I had my like little mental breakdown and had to have some time away and came back with the comics, he sent me a lovely DM saying like, so happy you're back, support you, blah, blah, blah. And then I just sort of felt there was something happening within the community, within the Discord where I was just, everyone was just like sort of going away. 
And at the time, you'd just moved over. You'd been, what, a month, two months. You'd been over here. And we, we were just trying to figure out what that looked like. like. So we were working together for the first time. We were living together for the first time. We were in this. We were dating for we the were, first time. We were time. dating. Like, we'd gone from, <laughs> we'd gone from zero to 100. Like we'd, yeah. Well, we had, like, how many... Was it something like four? We'd we'd been together for a total of fourteen days. Yeah. Before you moved to England. Yeah. So we're thinking like all like combined. Yeah. You, fourteen you came days. Over, I realized you're unhinged. You're you're absolutely unstable. Yeah. Like you completely needed conned, a lot of help. Yeah. You'd conned me into this relationship, I did, thinking really. you're going to be sick as fuck. And then you were sick as fuck. I and know. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> but yeah. So then we 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 just got engaged. We're in a hotel, and then you turn over, look at your phone, and it's like all gone to shit. I like I I it's all blurry to me, but. This relationship that was in my head. Oh, I, on top of that, on top of that, sorry, to, sorry to go back a bit. I did that. What my first one of one since September, in the July or the August in the next year, and I said, right, whoever whoever's a devil holder, uh, that wants to burn a devil, they can have this one of one. Because at the time, my one of one floor was like sixteen Eve. He came forward, and the, the twist was I was going to give the devil back to whoever. Which was always the twist. Yeah, yeah. Which and I he, can attest to. And he was the only one that did it. So he got the one of one and the devil. And I was like, so I must be good in his eyes. Like, Wait, also, just interrupt, because I can say it and you can't, that your decision to do that, to give that devil back to him, ended up being a real, like, ball ache, for lack of a better word. Oh, fuck, yeah. Because Like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. litigiously. Yeah, yeah. Like, it it actually, your, like, goodwill there and your effort to, like, be loyal back yeah. turned out to, like, really bite you in the ass and set you back several, several steps and several months yeah. litigiously, which you probably yeah. don't even remember. Yeah, I forgot all about that. So then, yeah, so he's got this piece... Uh, and then I don't even remember, like there was just so much discontent in from basically I'd say every, let's say I had 50 day one collectors, 50 or a hundred day one collectors or whatever before Jeevils. And it just felt like the majority of them had just either not turned on me, but just stopped being interested. But he was always someone that I thought was absolutely on my side. This guy's golden. Like he's, He's making a lot of money. Well, we from, always said he's like, doing a lot from Axie. He's making a lot of money. Those were always the people we were like. That was the list. He was on the list of like, these are the people we should talk to. Like these are the people we gotta yeah, yeah. make sure we honor and work toward like fulfilling and yeah. satisfying. So yeah, and then like whatever. I can't even remember. You probably know better than me. But like, all of a sudden, I could do nothing right, and then just the whole. I think because him being the biggest holder and like one of my biggest collectors, him sort of having issues with me whatever they were everything just went by the way then and then i couldn't reel it back but it's just annoying because like we i i considered him a friend um i don't know if you'll ever hear this people I, I imagine he won't be too happy about it but that piece that i gave him he then sold for 4.2 ETH anyway he's been very quiet about it he redeemed the toy heard nothing about it but he was very vocal on twitter saying i wasn't doing enough like and it's annoying because he was one of the people in the first place that knew there was no roadmap. Like, <laughs> I made no roadmap a thing before Goblin Town, but yet when Goblin Town do it, it's like, oh my God, there's no Discord, there's no there's no roadmap. When I said I wanted to delete the Discord, like, we, I was having death threats, do you remember? Hey, was, Goblin Town paid for my engagement ring. It did, <laughs> sold the very top, eight ETH. <laughs> Put your fucking phone down, I'm sick of it. Put your fucking phone down. <laughs> You're welcome. Give me good advice. But yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's just like okay. So I hope I hope if like 
anybody hears like their name brought up, I hope they're not too, they're not upset. I hope they can understand it's coming from a good place. Like the reality is these people have said a lot fucking worse than I've said about them. Like this a lot fucking worse. Like there's, there is no reason that someone in my position should have death threats from releasing a couple of cherub NFTs. Well, my next question was going to be like, to the, what would you like to say to these people that you, because I have in my notes and just so everybody knows, like I've said it already, like we just dove into this recording. We've been saying we are going to do it since Carson Daly show started. And tonight we've been talking and we just decided to sit here. So we've been 100% off outline and script up until this moment. But one of the things that I wrote is that in the that's nifty podcast episode that you wrote, you said everyone who collects, I consider a friend. And that's obviously no longer the case. And my question is like, given that we have this platform, we have this time together, what would you like to say to those people who you were thinking about who were in your mind when you said everyone's a friend who are no longer a friend? I don't know. I feel like you're teeing me up here to like, you. I appreciate you so much, but the, I don't take any of the things personally, but like each one has fucking hurt me. Like it, on my end, it was never transactional. Like, yes, I might, you might've brought some of my art, but you gained my art. Like I didn't ask anybody. I never conned anyone into buying it. I never promised anything. I couldn't delete, like didn't promise anything that I wasn't going to give you. Like you bought the token, you bought the art. So and they had access to you. They had access to me, yeah. And I mean, I, I feel like I gave away far too much of myself that it was just a given. Like I was camping out in my Discord, like very early on. I used to live in there. I used to s sit out in the garage that I converted to my office. And That was our first address we shared. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, it's, I don't want to, I, I don't want to come across like I'm just fucking, uh, just a nice guy and I don't deserve all this. Like people are, people are people, humans are humans. It just like, I've, I, I am who I've always been. Uh, and it's like, I understand people change and the, the relationships change. I don't blame anyone, but they, they have every single one stung. Every single one stung and affected me and like hurt me and hurt me in ways I didn't really realize could be. And I think that's because I've always been secluded. Like I haven't had, always had a massive friendship group. I've always kept myself to myself. Like I don't have a personal Facebook. I don't, I've always just done my own thing. So it's, I really did let these people into my life and it just sort of, I'm sorry if you feel I let you down, but fuck you, you let me down. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> um, okay. So. Have you got any fun ones as well? Okay, do you want me to do not fun? Right, not right now, not right now. Well, I will do a fun one. Of, no, do the heady ones. Uh, well, they're not really heady. I mean, I wanted to ask this question, which I heard on one of my favorite podcasts, Armchair Expert, obviously. And it is, would you trade any aspect of your childhood if it meant that you weren't the person that you were today? So would you trade what you went through regardless of how traumatic and painful it was if you knew that you would be a different person living a different life than you are today? Jesus Christ and that had to be on the podcast you couldn't just ask me that off, off. I don't know babe. No. Um, I I don't think I would like I'm I'm immensely proud of the person I am like and everything that I've done in life has led me to this moment and not to sound wet or whether it's led me to you 
like this has been the most fulfilling relationship I've ever had in my life. I've never felt so seen or loved or cared. So without sounding wanky or whatever, like I, I, I wouldn't change anything because I'm here and on the face of it, I'm happy. There's this element of my life that I don't feel control of at the moment, but I'm not going to give up. Like I'm going to get this right. Like I'll carry on until this is right because that's what I've always done. Obviously there's parts of my childhood that childhood upbringing life that I wish would had never happened to me. Like obviously, but they did. So it just seems like a bit of a wasted wish. So yeah, I don't know. Like I don't think I would. I wouldn't want to be anybody else or in a different place than I am right now. I don't think that. Obviously, it sucks that like I can't just ring my mom or my dad or just like I have no backup plan. Like something goes wrong in my life today. I, there's no one I can fall back on. It's just me. And now you, but like, it there is no safety blanket or security. So that that sucks, and I wish I had that. And but a lot of people don't, and a lot of people carry on. It's like we all have wishes and like ideas of what our life could have been. But I don't think my life would be any better had the things that happened to me didn't happen to me. Like the reality is like that as much as I fucking bang on about evils and evil and blah, 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 there would be no evil without the stuff that's happened. And evil has set me up in a position where I do have the luxury of calling myself an artist, as wanky as it is. Like, we're about to hit a worldwide recession, like, or depression. And I am able to just wake up and, like, be in my feelings about the fact that I don't feel like I'm achieving what I should. But that is a beautiful place to be able to be in. So, yeah, I... I mean, what's the, what's the correct answer to that? There is none. I mean, there isn't a correct answer. It's just... Like... What what you just said is the correct answer. Okay. Like, Thank you. I mean, how... I think every decision that we make puts us on a path to be where we're meant to be. Like, we can't... There is... Like, even as fun as it is of thinking, like, what would life be like... Like, if your parents were still here, they might have persuaded you to make different decisions or go down different paths or had different expectations of you that you've had of yourself. Like, you have, you are where you are because you didn't have anybody to ask, am I doing the right thing, too? Now, same question back at you. Back at me? Yeah. Or is it not about you today? <laughs> well, I think, like... Best time for everything. <laughs> you, like kind of said it already earlier in the conversation like I think the only thing that I would change is just not making amends in like life and in relationships like in particular in my parent child in my relationships with my parents as a child like you know it's like you have to live with the fact that you haven't I have to live with the fact that I didn't make those amends and things weren't on good terms. And I think having that guilt and that burden makes it, makes me even more like motivated to, and like kind of, it makes it more of a necessity for me to please people and to like be a people pleaser and to do the things and give myself away to people. And I think that that's something that I see a lot of in you as well. That like, because 
you didn't recognize and maybe you were so young that you didn't realize like life is as short as it is that you've built these relations as soon as all these people came into your life you built these relationships of being like let me give as much of myself to you as I can and even you know prior to NFTs like let me give as much of myself to the relationships that I have the friendships the family the whatever to the point where like you were trying to overcompensate for something else that you will never get to fulfill. And I think that is something that like we both probably can be better at in exploring our, like better at exploring in our work and in our art and in our own personal journeys. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to reply. Just... (laughs) Wordsmith. Well, that's what you get for asking me a question on my show. I know, the alley. Through the alley. <laughs> okay. Um, so you have told me that sitting at your computer gives you anxiety. And this is something that you... You have been sitting at a computer since you were nine years old. Yeah. Like you... The place where you should be finding comfort, like we talked about earlier, like is not bringing you comfort. Like, I think you should tell the story of like kind of your first computer, your first experiences, like even sitting on your mom's lap while she's on Photoshop making her sick pictures with her fucking guns in them (laughs) and her own, Nikki's own album covers that she was thinking. You need to relax. relax. But like you have so many core memories at a computer and I, I see you like having to boost yourself up and motivate yourself to go and sit down and even just like opening a fucking, I don't even think you use Chrome. Do you use Chrome? Firefox. Firefox. Oh my God. Like opening a Firefox is just a like truly emotional task for you. Like what, what do you need right now to get past that? I'm kind of worried that this is like turning into like self-indulgent, like poor me worries me. Like I, I don't want people to think that, but from... I think people need to know. People haven't heard from you enough. I mean, if if this whole thing goes on, people are still listening to this. I'll be very, I'll be very surprised, but it's nice for us. This is what we talk about. This is us talking normally. So it's just <laughs> weird that I've got a microphone. And it's the first time I've worn a mask in however, how many months? <laughs> A long time. long time. Every time we go somewhere, we're like, bring a mask, let's do content. And then yeah, we just... Nah. So yeah, I think f- for me, arts, creating, technology, the internet, it's always been a safe space. It's always been like where I went to go to like disconnect from life. And then just all of a sudden, like my safe space wasn't safe anymore. And... It, it just doesn't it's not a nice place for me to be and then having to create trying to create under those circumstances like that's why i'm not creating my best work that's why i feel like everything i'm creating is shit because it's not coming from a like a subconscious place i'm not like channeling anything i'm not creating something that like surprises me i'm i'm just painting by numbers i'm just going through the like the motions i'm just like what do people expect from me what what would be a good idea and I don't feel like I've had any good ideas until very recently that we're talking about earlier. So yeah, it's just like that. It's funny because the term rugging, like uh, my project rugged everyone, like I really feel like 
I've been rugged by people, the internet, art, creativity, like, and I, I, I don't want this to sound so fucking like worries me because I know this is, it's funny because you keep talking about the That's Nifty podcast and how much of a cunt was I on that? Like I was <laughs> Billy Big Dick, like I was funny, I was joking, taking shots and it's like, that's the kid eight that sort of people I feel like fell in love with. And I, I did. Exactly. And like, I don't even know who that guy is. Like, I've missed that guy so much. Like, funny guy, man. Like, funny guy. And you fuckers did this. Somebody did this. Somebody, Somebody did, did this. this. <laughs> no, it's just, I'm going to get it back. Like, I think as well, I don't want to talk about money or be crass or whatever, but going back to well, the, reason I, the reason I did 15 years of, mixtape freelancing and within the music industry because I could do fuck all else. Like I left school at 16. Not only did I leave school at 16, I left home at 16. And from that point, I was in the world by myself and I had to fucking provide. And I worked a shit job in like a lorry yard, like stripping fridges from like supermarkets, taking out the coils and then set, sending them for aluminium parts. and Aluminum? Uh, aluminium, yeah. <laughs> and I, I did that for like six months two months six months seven years i can't remember it felt like forever enough to like save up for a laptop bought a laptop and then that weekend i'm on myspace making like myspace layouts and mixtape covers for rappers no one's ever heard of and i was like I, I can do this i've got an interest i can do this and bit by bit built up built up and then i'm doing stuff with future and whoever the fuck else and that's what i could do but at the same time i'm trying to apply for graphic design jobs can't get anything so I've always had to create. I've always had to keep going like a shark. If I stop, I'll die. All of a sudden, doing the Jeevil's drop kind of made me financially stable, but not because it wasn't real money. Like, it's just at the back of my head, like, if anything goes wrong, I might be able to get out of trouble. But it gave me space to just fucking realize what had happened to me <laughs> my whole life. Like, and it, I just fucking that was dealing with a lot of trauma and a lot of stuff that you've helped me like so much in the short time. Like the amount of stuff we process and talk about and work through together. Like it's, I'm a like, I'm a fucking child, like 30, I'm 20, 28 year old Not child. <laughs> Whatever, <faithful. laughs> like literally like a man child. Like I, I remember I'd bump into like people from school a couple of years ago before I met you and they'd be like, God, you haven't changed. You're exactly the same. And I was like, Arrested development, stunted growth, whatever. Just never allowed myself to grow because that wasn't even an option. I wasn't given the space or the freedom to see what that looked like. I just had to carry on, otherwise I was fucked. So, well, I wanted to ask about like money a little bit because what I think one of the things among many things that make you different from a lot of people is that money for you is is never in my experience of knowing you and being with you about things. Like it's always about safety yeah, and yeah. it's always about security and it must be really triggering and hard for you to know that like kind of your big moment of like financial growth is so public and yeah. so visible being that it was via a nft drop and that it's on chain and and just the logistics and optics of you know blockchain and i just wanted to ask like what 
what has that like done to you? Like to make, to have something that is so like such a big piece of your like security and personal safety, like a, an element of your personal safety to be something that is so visible and so public to the rest of the world. Like how has that like further, you know, how has that further contributed to triggers around finances and around money? Yeah, I mean, I just think people think you're fair game if they think you've, you're rich or whatever. It's like, and especially when you've sort of made it in a short amount of time or how people, how, how, that's the thing, people perceived Yes, that I came into exactly. NFTs broke, like yeah. broke, 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 never like worked, like, or like, uh, like never that achieved. you've not achieved anything. Yeah, exactly. Never achieved like, anything. Unsuccessful. Like, I, which the further, the, it couldn't be further away from the truth. I don't think people, you really, had a 15 year career. You yeah. had a 15 year career before that. Yeah. And I was very successful. Like I, I bought my first home at 21. I bought my second home at 23. I bought my third one at 25. Like I've always fucking live in the home that you bought literally 10 years ago. I'm not one of these people that fucking goes and buys a house from their NFT money. Like I've like, that's not the case. Like I've always worked and he makes me work. Well, yeah. So like, look at me for the first time in her life. Um, Oh my God. Wait till she goes and some of her stories. I've never, I've never heard of anyone with so many careers. I've life. worked everywhere. And you has, know yeah. that. I've been when working. When we went, whenever we've been. To I've had more jobs than you. She took me back to Vermont like one time. She's like, <laughs> point. I used to, I used to work there. I Mirror, mirror. <laughs> shout out, mirror, mirror. I used to work there. I used to look at that Wendy's. Chili's, Wendy's, oh, Hannaford. The school district. The school district. Super I've had one job since I was Essex 18. Essex Discount Beverage. There What's 18. Huh? 18. What's 18? 18. 18. 18 he means 18. I didn't say 18. I said 18. 18. 18. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Anyway, um, so yeah. Shout out Kevin Kim. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think, uh, yeah, so maybe a lot of people thought it was like, it came very easily to me, but I, I sort of saw, like, and you've said this, like, the Jeevil's Min, it was sort of like a karmic payment for all, all my years, like, we've got, like, can you even see that the Marvel book, like, Marvel comics were parodying my mixtape covers and putting them in books. I never got paid. <laughs> There's another book up there that's, like, all my mixtape covers from, like, 2017 to 2022. Never saw a penny. They sold thousands of units. I've done all these things. I've, like, I've had artwork I've done for albums go gold, platinum, got paid a pittance, never got a plaque, but yet the fucking, the rapper's weed um, roller has got plaques. Like, but the, like, so I've put in the work. I've, I've been there, I've been grinding and then. Well, you don't know how to roll a blunt, so. Well, yeah, yeah I don't even have to smoke one, you know. <laughs> but yeah, let's have some fun anyway. Like, let's bring the old kid yeah. back, unless you've got some more. Some yeah, more all right. I feel like you've, you've teed me up. To, I love you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. You've really teed me up. People are like this. So disgusting. Oh my God. But this is an unbiased show. No, of course it's biased. It's yeah. my fucking show. Oh my God. Yeah. If anyone's like, listen, that knows Carson, but doesn't know about NFTs and they're wondering who Kid A is, that's mentioned every single episode. <laughs> it's me. And they're like, what? Well, the I fuck? think like, that is like. This <laughs> team Vermont is with this guy in England. <laughs> and it was Vermont in USA, first of all, but oh, it's much different. <laughs> um, Say less. But I think like that is worth like saying is just that like yeah this is the person that I mention all the time and 
you know, it is like, okay, it's bias or whatever to, but how can you not like talk about the person that you are with all the time? Like anybody who, who isn't going to act like the person that they're with and the person that, you know, they share their life with that they're in love with is not, you know, part of their every thought and every waking moment is just not really that real. Like I think the relationship's not real and their life isn't really real. So I'm smiling under the mask, but you do know that's <laughs> I can like, tell. that isn't, well, this podcast wouldn't exist without you. Like this, this life wouldn't exist without you. Like this is like, we are in this moment together. And, and I also wanted to make sure that we did this in a way that there has been many times we've been on the couch or talking or been like, should we record? Should we do this? And, you know, I've been like, no, or we've been like, no, because we have given like our relationship has been so public, like the fruition of it, like the establishment of it, like shout out Tommy, who literally was like, who planted the seed, shout out JN Silva, who made it all possible via retweet. But like, you know, this is my life. Like you're my life. This show is my life jeebles are my life like evil is so yeah we're gonna talk about it love you thank you love you you're welcome all right me good guy. like let me get a big rush i am so lucky like well put your mic up before you oh sorry <laughs> no but like it is I, I, I at this point i don't really care like what people think but it is our Finally. stories no but our story is like almost too fantastical the fact that we met the way we did over twitter not knowing each other and then meeting and then will they won't they and knowing from the first time we met that we were going to be together but just logistically what that looked like and how many sacrifices had to be made on both sides and I, yeah i just I, I i'm we're very lucky i'm very lucky and thank you so much for everything you've done for me you're welcome and we are lucky and we're mostly lucky that we're as compatible as we are well we're the same person we're the same person we can't go 10 minutes about saying the same thing about normally bitchy about someone. we finish each other's sandwiches found <laughs> <laughs> it no. all right do you want to play a game of fuck marry or kill i've been waiting for this yeah i've been absolutely waiting for this Yo, man, why you for this one? What's that? Who's don't do that again. whose coverage off is that? Then no. waiting for this one. I don't think I think you just made that up. No, that's a cop that's like a draw. I don't think so. But right. it is now. You've been waiting for this one. Yo, man, waiting for this one. That is somebody. Somebody, somebody did, did this. this. Okay. Uh the game of fuck Mary or Kill. I'm gonna give you three options. You Wait, have am to... I gonna get in trouble? Like are you gonna take these the wrong way? Bitch, do you bitch? <laughs> Do you think I would hurt myself on my own? Oh show? yeah, one thousand percent. And okay. then we'd have a long talk about your feelings afterwards. <laughs> Off cam. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'm gonna give you three. I'm gonna give you three options. Okay. You have to choose to fuck one, marry one, and kill one. Okay. Here are your options: bolognese, carbonara, or my refried beans. And what? refried beans are not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> I make really Ooh. good fried beans. Is it is it my carbonara or Bergdorf? Or... It's your carbonara, your bolognese. Because Canadians are really good cook, and it's my fried beans. And you can't hurt my feelings if you. Kill. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill the bolognese because I'll tell you why. 
Because we could easily just do lasagna or like okay. something else like with the same ragu. So you would cheat bolognese mixture into another. Yeah, well, yeah, well, like okay. we could, there's so many things that a ragu can go into. Like, okay, okay, okay. yeah, kill bolognese. I'm really sad about that, to be honest. Oh, really? Would you fuck off the carbonara? No, I. This is not my game. Okay. I were not asking. Well, you obviously, this. I fuck off the refried beans, but I don't want to upset your feelings. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I would get rid. Yeah, I get rid of the bolognese, and then I would. You'd fuck the beans. You would fuck the beans. You can't live off. You can't marry the beans. I think. I, I don't know. The thing is, they're, when they're good, they're good. <laughs> but when you have, when you're, you haven't put the love in them. Yeah, I'd fuck. I'd fuck the beans, and I'd marry the carbonara. Me too. Because yeah. Wait. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that was a good one, though. Fuck me, I was worried. About <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll always put the love in the beans now. It no, because there was that like one like... time you kicked off because there was no sour cream. And you're like, oh, no, I, I wouldn't. sour cream. I didn't make them then. You can't make them without the sour cream. There was a re You didn't want... Oh, no, sorry. You put too much sour cream in. Nah. Your thing is nah, you don't taste nah, food as nah, you're making nah, it. Nah, nah. You never taste food as you're making yes, it. Yes, I do. No, you don't. <laughs> Well, you, you put so much spice in everything, you can't take it. It's just <laughs> spicy. Hot sauce. <laughs> okay, that's good. Um, <clears throat> all right. Why is Kid 8 one word? Oh, I like that because I told Why you. Why is there no space? No, you didn't. Yeah, I told you did. You he it. told me too. Well, it was actually. You've been here for nearly two hours. It's fine. Joe Button's like three hours. No Joe Button. No Joe Button. I love you, Joe. You're like a brother to me. Got him. Um, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> um, so it was obviously around the time of MySpace and then Twitter. Da, da, da. It was putting the words kid space eight into any of these things. Nothing's going to like come up. There's going to be like an article about an eight-year-old kid or this or that. When I, that that's it. It's because I Google alerts set up for ages on like the word kid eight and it's all like, eight-year-old samurai kid da, 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 whatever <laughs> whatever whatever but it's anonymous enough that if you don't want to be found you don't you can't be found like so it was it's just it was like branding that the space made two words that were gonna bring up billions of results very refined and also like the eight comes from like when i used to play basketball eight was my number eight's always been like a, a like a special number to me and kid, because of where where we now live, like you've seen how people, you're right, kid. Like that's how, that's how people talk. So it's like when I was doing graffiti, I had like all these like really not heady like tags, or whatever. But I had tags, and people take the piss out of me. That's not your name. Why are you writing that? So then I'd just like write kid, kid eight, or whatever. And then um, I, w I was accepted by my peers, who I so desperately needed their approval. Yes, and, you did, baby. Um, yeah, and it just sort of stuck. And there was a point where. So I got the name when I was like 15, 16 and used it all the way throughout. So yeah, there's not a massive story. It's just the fact that you take the space out and it, I've got that whole lane. Whereas other people, like other people, like my contemporaries at the time were like using just GFX at the end of the name or whatever. And it was very easy to stand out. I'm not going to lie when you were like, nobody has ever asked me. Yeah, because it's a boring question, but I've always wanted when to... You're like, nobody's ever asked me. I was like, oh my God, this has got to be juicy. Maybe I've, there I've is a better. I've refrained from asking you that for... Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe I had a better answer when I said it to you. <laughs> but yeah. Have I disappointed you now? No. It was boring. But the thing is, what's good about us, like you can normally speak so for me. So you disappoint me. me all the time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you can speak for me. Like you are the, the mouthpiece and... <laughs> The intelligent one out of the two of us. You know, that's right. Yep. Um, 
Okay. Let me ask you something about meeting um, the love of your life on the internet. Yeah, go. I just want to know. You were there. Yeah, well, what, like, as somebody who, you know, just to be kind of revealing and personal, like, you've you had been in a very long relationship since a very young age. You didn't have the online dating exposure in your <laughs> life. Well, you didn't. No, no, I mean, I'm, I know you had a good run on Raya, whatever. I'm proud of you for that, I guess. We're not going to talk about it. But, like, you hadn't, like, besides falling in love with whoever was on Come Dine With Me yep. week by week, like you I've told you far too much. <laughs> These things are meant to stay between us. Nah. You like what was like just you know, you have all these things going on. This is a bit of my self-indulgence of it, but like I think probably people wanna know and there's some people who like to hear it, like you know what? You had all these things going on on the internet. Like you were selling your work, you were becoming notable and you were building a following and like at the same time you were falling in love online. Like how did that happen? I hope like none of this like comes back to bite me on the arse because like I am just going to speak openly. But well, we can put this out after <laughs> papers are signed. <laughs> no, 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 not about that. No, I'm j but like um, so started a relationship very early on. Was in it for fifteen years or maybe even longer. Never unfaithful. Like was a good man. Tried to be a good dad. All of these things, and never felt seen or never felt heard like obviously it, it was fine we were in a fine relationship it was like sort of very much going through the motions and then when you start start sort of paying attention to me even it's just like little things like liking tweets or commenting and sending silly fucking gifts of kermit throwing himself off a roof and stuff <laughs> like i'd never really had that sort of attention before like and, and if i had like i've always had like friends i've always i've always sort of been comfortable around women it's like school i was like had girlfriends blah 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 but i've never really never been swayed never like felt attracted to anyone and then when when we had that um that conversation that time and you were you were telling me what evil meant to you and like what you could see in me and I'd, I'd never felt seen like that and on top of that when i first saw you on twitter i thought i thought you were like a I don't think you were real. I thought you were absolutely stunning, absolutely gorgeous. Like, fell madly in love with you. But I was like, everyone has like work wives. I think we used to joke that you were my work wife or something yeah. when we were back and forth in. <laughs> and that was just nice. It was just like a nice bit of banter. Because I'm sort of guy, well, I was the sort of guy, like when I'd go to the bank, I'd flirt with the, the, girl, the girl behind the phone. Why is that? Yeah, but I mean, it, even like these women were like 60 years old and we'd be bantering and flirting away. And I've always been flirty because it's never been it's never felt like a thing. Like it's never felt like it's ever going to be a thing. It's just what it is. But with you, there was something in me that I was like, I sort of, I need to be around this person to know if these feelings I'm, I'm having are like, what is this I'm feeling? Cause I've never felt it. It was very, very new for me. And I forgot the question. I feel like I'm just going to get mugged off for being so vulnerable. By you need to oh, it, take away any lesson from this conversation is, you need to stop caring about what people what think. If and if you're if you're gonna care about what people think, just do it off my podcast. <laughs> uh, no, no, but like I 
if I'm not reading the comments or seeing what people are saying about yeah. me, genuinely, it doesn't affect my day any Good. differently. So that's cool. But yeah, it was it was strange for me. But it was strange for me, not just falling in love online, but like falling in love because I've like, would you know what I mean? Like, and the sort of love that was sort of happening was I I'd, I'd never felt it, which is why I was like this. This is obviously meant. There's a reason that we're both here at this time and place our positions in the world like how we feel like and then getting to know you even like getting to know you now like our our stories are uncanny like how how many joint things we have in common and how we see the world and how we feel about things it's it's i used to wonder if you were making it up <laughs> no but same about I... you you're that's the thing you're better at talking i should be interviewing you no um, okay, well, what would people be surprised to learn about me? About you? Yeah. Besides, don't say that I am crazy. No, I don't know. I, um, I Actually, I think one of the... So I, I don't know anymore because I've been offline for so long. But I think very early on, one of the like misconceptions of you that like you came from money or like you were a rich girl or that you were... I fucking crease when people call you an influencer. Like when people call, like you couldn't influence shit. I've seen you try. I've seen you try and influence stuff, and it just doesn't happen. And I, that's one of the things that I like. I love about you because people are meaner to you probably than they are to me, and it's just like water off a duck's back to you because you are strong and you're so self self sure, and you know who you are and you know what's right. And like my granddaughter always used to say, if it comes from nothing, it means nothing. And I feel like you embody that a lot. But um, I think people like how I don't know because I've seen behind the Carson Daly curtain and it, it's we've said this before like Kid Eight Carson Daly they're both sort of characters but they are the most like exaggerated parts of both of us um, and I think actually a lot of people would be surprised with like you you're actually quite low maintenance like you've had your moments don't get me wrong no 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 there's been times when like i've like wondered is this all worth it like is what are we doing here no you know this we've had this conversation yeah, but you are I'm, you are I'm, my mouth is open no but i don't want to say i don't want to big you up too much because all the guys will be sliding in the dms and i know how that worked out <laughs> last time she, i thought pearl was laughing then she's completely taken now tell them i'm taken Promise, even <laughs> like, after this conversation yes go on i'm low maintenance go back to how i'm low maintenance because i love that no but like you are like we're in a place right now where we i've actually for for the first time we both have stability in our lives like as far as living and future and love and all these things and i think that's what you've needed i think you've needed that for a very long time like you've needed someone that has your back that you don't sort of need to go to war for or um how how honest and open do you want me to be go ahead it's, like we so we, all, we, we spoke about money earlier and we both have had a lot of our validation tied up in money and monetary value and stuff like like when you have that somewhat like you you're more centered like you 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 see i feel like right now you're probably in one of the best places you've been in your life like mentally spiritually emotionally all these things so you aren't actually i think i don't know people are just i think people will probably just find it how funny you love memes like your love for memes is like 
I've never seen anything like it. Just live for the I memes. Do. I am a meme. So I went off with it. They can delete that bit. Out no, I don't want that to be deleted. Okay. You stopped yourself. Yeah, I sort of lost my train of thought. I, could, I thought your eyes were looking at me like, shut the fuck up. No. Okay. This is the thing. I don't want to big you up because everyone, oh God, so she's not like that. Like, oh, maybe she's okay. And then they sweep in and take your <laughs> No, <heart>. I'm horrible. <laughs> I'm awful, Norris. <laughs> <laughs> this won't make it onto the podcast. Of course it, it will. Okay. It has to. Um, Maybe though, like we have done, we have been on here for two hours and you'll be back is there anything else like that you feel because this is the first time that you're going to be you know out there like it is also not even just the fact that like you have been taking a break from social media like you haven't done a podcast in a long time the last one we did the last one you did is when we did it together look at her she's licking pearl wants to be on the show so yeah bad. we did that one and then i did that um with that's nifty you the did interview the for that nft yearbook yeah. which won't come out for a while yeah but like this is the first time that you're kind of coming back to a public platform to share things and it is also probably the only time that you're sharing things as personally and vulnerably as you have and that's because i know the right questions to ask um but so I do want to like end it, but I want to know, like, I want to ask you what, if there's anything else that you want to say or talk about and just get off your chest now that you have the moment, now that you're loosened up and wind up and masked up. Well, no, we're not, not even that wind up. up. Um, no, I think it's just, it's been really cathartic. Like we have these conversations every night, like we speak about stuff, but it's nice to know that like someone might hear this and just maybe have a different idea of me or just like to know that i'm still alive or whatever the fuck but yeah there's the reason i've been quiet is because we were doing twitter spaces and we were doing all the we were trying to be there and forward facing and let people know what we were doing and it was either a mix of not being able to say what we were doing because it was like meant to be nda or quiet or somebody falling through and we couldn't talk about it or just like there is no news there's nothing for us to share but having to answer the same questions over and over again it's like it didn't it wasn't doing anything for me like and you know like and I, I appreciate you for everything that you're still doing to show up daily and do all the things show up daily <laughs> to do all the things that you are doing and I've, i know that like the collectors and the communities absolutely appreciate you the mother of evil and we wouldn't i i wouldn't be where i am today and I, it's not like i say we wouldn't be where we are without you because we're not really anywhere really but <laughs> but Imagine how bad it'd be where you're not here. <laughs> okay, wait, I do want to ask because people probably don't know, like, that I have been the mother of evil. Like, that was before, like, that our relationship happened. Like, why? And I have never really asked you, like, how did I get that? How did I become that? Like, what, what, how, what made me so lucky to have that title and role? Well, it, Again, post question. Oh. It goes back to that conversation where you could just, you told me what evil meant to you, and it was everything that it meant to me and more. And I was like, every, I know he's a cherub, but every child needs two parents. And if I'm the the dad, it's like who, who you you chose him in a way. You know, like you chose each other without even knowing. And I don't know how wanky that sounds or whatever, but and also like all the art that I sort of 
was playing with at the time, like the the plays on like all the Renaissance art, there's always the mother of Jesus, the mother of God, the mother of whoever. And it's like a cherub needs a mother to look after him. And it, this we've sort of explored this idea a couple of times when we've been writing the backstory for evil. Like how how does that relationship look? But it just, I don't know. And maybe it was just me trying to flirt with you from afar. Who the fuck knows? It worked though, my God. <laughs> my God, did it Pulling work. up from 40 with just shorty. <laughs> <laughs> You're smiley. Anyway, I've really enjoyed this. Do you want to say my tagline? Well, I don't know where to start. Now, I know you can't go a week in, it? But I didn't... Hey. I was going to try and literally do your whole signing off and like give it all the... <laughs> no, work. I'll do that. <laughs> nah. Can you remember actually when um, you did Affirmations? I don't know if you want to talk about that, but you were like doing the promo for it uh, and you were getting you everyone said, to send videos. And what did you say? Uh, you, made, you sent me some and I chose, I have a huge crypto crush on Carson Daly and that was before we were ever a thing. Well, now look at us. Now look at us. Manifested hey, it. look at us. <laughs> you look so happy. Somebody did this. I am happy. I'm really proud of you and really grateful that we did this and that you opened up and you opened up in ways that I didn't expect you to on the show. Like, I think that's why maybe it took so long to get on and actually do this together. Um, because I know that it is difficult for you and I didn't expect you to let go as deep as you did. And I think it's really important that you did though. So thank you. Thank you. But you are my biggest fan and you think everything I do is amazing. So that's true. Completely tone deaf. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, are you going to do your sign off now? Can you, you do, do it? it? No, you do it. Can't go. No, no. You're going to do like right. the whole. Well, tell people where to follow you. <laughs> <laughs> What's that one I, I signed up for? That one? What one? Uh, the new one. Mon. I don't know. The, the Did you sign up for the Twitter it? Killer. Yeah, I couldn't work it out, but yeah. All right. You can catch me on OnlyFans. No, slash no, no. KD and Kid 8. <laughs> um, yeah, no, don't follow me. Don't All right. Me. It's at Kid 8 on Instagram at underscore Kid 8 on Twitter. Um, you can follow me at Carson Daily on Twitter and Instagram. Don't slide in my DMs, please. Fuck. <laughs> Absolutely not. And also follow my show at Carson Daily Show. Follow this show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Rate me five fucking stars, especially after this conversation. Let me know if you want to hear more conversations with me and my day, B-A-E, before anyone else. Kitty. And yeah, keep tuning back in. Thank you for having me. You can't go a week in crypto without Carson Daly. You can't go a week in crypto without Carson Daly. Cheers, babe. Cheers, babe.